Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Xbox One Two Three Sixty, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now your host, Sean Xbox Wolfman. Welcome to Xbox One Two Three Sixty. What's going on, everyone? I think this is the last show of the year, right? It is. Yeah. 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 Going out with a festive bang. A festive bang? Yeah. I don't think we're allowed to do festive bangs, Jimbo. We missed the chance to make season sweetings shirts. Oh, God. You tell me you wouldn't rock that shirt, Jimbo. Come on. Hey, so a little bit like a little bit later, we're going to have my good friend Sam Roberts on to talk to us about what's going on these days. Give us the So even though we're going to talk a little bit about before he comes on, I'm sure we're going to rehash some of these stories when he comes back on too so uh but yeah i haven't had sam on yet and uh there's a few there's several people i haven't had on yet that i'm kind of keeping in the back pocket but uh but sam some the people that you would wonder why i haven't had on the show yet it's because i'm keeping them in the back pocket for now but uh uh anyway yeah a little bit later on sam anyways uh jimbo what's going on you know, dressed up for the holidays. Everybody's looking excellent, especially Lou in her lovely red dress she's got yeah. on. Jimbo's wearing the same thing he was wearing at the Christmas party the other night. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I got to recycle. And so am I. <laughs> 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 Except for I went and got this hat from CBS. I love that hat. Yeah. It looks really good. It's such a, it, it, oh, it's such a piece of shit, though. Because <laughs> like, as soon as water hit this one white little snowball thingy on the end there... Like the, the cotton inside of it expanded and it just popped off, <laughs> <laughs> and so I put I stapled it back on. Yes. Using <laughs> your DIY skills, very, yeah, very industrious. Yeah. It was a real. Like, it was I could only find like the the, the small staple mm-hmm. staple guns. Only one that had staples in it. So who cares? <laughs> Never mind. Anyways, good. what's going on, Denise? Nothing much. I'm feeling super excited. I love how we all look red and shiny. Like it finally feels like Christmas. Denise comes in and I hear her earlier like she's trying to wear the, the the red shirt top and she's going, but I still don't look Christmassy. So it looks like you borrowed some of Jimbo's yes, Christmas lights. Jimbo gave me some Christmas lights. Now I feel a little bit more Christmassy. I didn't it's feel all good Christmassy now. at all. I have no Christmas wardrobe. Yeah, we're good now. Oh man, you need to go after Christmas shopping and just mm-hmm. buy all that for next year. Yeah. And I think everyone up here, like everyone on the show today, is wearing some kind of red, except for Bill's got the Bill's got the, the red hat, hat but. I think everyone's got a different shade of red on right now. Yeah. That's true, actually. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. I think mine's just because my it's a worn out, like faded red T-shirt, Looks suplex T-shirt. Yeah, I like it. So, anyways, uh, like okay, I just wasn't feeling like you know, uh, and there was Christmas parties going on and different things like that. So, uh, 
I'm not real up to speed on, um, okay, this is exactly what happened at Clash of Champions. And, you know, um, I watched a little bit of Raw, so I kind of saw some of that, but I didn't get to see any of SmackDown. So, I was thinking, like, uh, um, what else is going on in wrestling? And there's plenty going on. And a lot of it's like, you know, people bickering, bantering back and forth on Twitter. Just the season. Right? So. A great way to end 2017. Yeah. And what a crazy year it's been of conflict. You know, and I, all right, here's the thing about that, too. And and I'm referring to the, the stuff with, like, the MMA guys and, you know, criticizing the Young Bucks. And who is it? Who, who are the guys involved in the high spot that got... Flip Gordon. Yeah. The Young Bucks. It's a kind of like, you know, the Ricochet Will Osprey spot that got picked apart by people. Yeah. Except for, like, I think. Have you seen it? Yeah. I, in my opinion, um, it's, it's, it's the Young Bucks being the Young Bucks. Yeah. So, like, the Will Osprey Ricochet clip, I can see why people would be more down on this clip because, it, especially if someone's not familiar with the Young Bucks and what yes. they do. Yeah. Like, that's. It just looks completely absurd. At least the at least the Osprey Ricochet thing was like two guys wrestling each other and like doing like yeah. like it was like an action movie sequence, but it was clear that there were two guys in a fight. Yeah, this one was just people missing drop kicks. So like, if you're unfamiliar with pro oh, okay. wrestling, if you're unfamiliar with indie wrestling over the past you know five years, and if you're unfamiliar with the Young Bucks, it's got to be the stupidest thing you've ever seen. But if you are familiar with the Young Bucks or anything having to do with indie wrestling over the past few years, it it's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and I I don't disagree with the criticize them uh, criticize them. Uh, <laughs> is that, is that the, new, uh, the new line from Stakem? <laughs> criticize them. Yeah. So I uh, I don't I don't I don't disagree with the criticisms mm-hmm. of, of the spot. Mm-hmm. I I don't. Uh, I agree. I disagree with like. I take exception with the way they were criticized, though, a little bit. Like, it was, like, a little harsh, you know, just like... Well, sure, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really just, like... It was more than just criticizing the spot. It was criticizing anyone that likes, likes it. it. Yeah. Is that, well, it's the same... It's yeah. the same meathead mentality that's always been around for people who don't like pro wrestling and they want to make fun of people who do like pro wrestling. They're like, I can't believe grown men watch this. I can't believe yeah. people think this is real. I can't believe, you know... Oh, it's just so like it's all the same criticism, and the criticisms never evolved, even though pro wrestling has. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the problem. So with Daniel Cormier, I think he's he's criticizing that he wants like the old school type of wrestling. Yes. I think in his particular case, you have people who don't watch wrestling every week. So like you're saying, they didn't really see you know the evolution of it over the last five years or so. So he's just seeing this one spot, and he's criticizing it on, on a whole. Which is, you know, he should just do his research first before he Did anybody come at him and say they wanted the old MMA where there were, <laughs> like, no rules and actual different fighting styles and it wasn't everyone's just a hybrid kind of fighter? Yeah, and nobody and, has to cry. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. is that <laughs> Daniel Cormier is actually a fan. So, like, yeah. even though, like, he didn't like this particular thing, I guess, you know, we all as wrestling fans get an opinion on what we like and what we don't like. So, I feel if you're a wrestling fan, by all means, have your opinions on wrestling. The only thing that I think is, if you're solely an MMA fan, I feel like you shouldn't have an opinion on wrestling, and vice versa. If you're solely a wrestling fan, I don't feel like you should bash um, 
MMA as well because I feel like you have to be educated on both sides mm -hmm. to actually make an argument. So like when the whole comment was made about, oh, I can't believe grown men watch this. It's like, well, have you ever like sat down and watched pro wrestling? You know, that's the way I see it. It's like, you can't talk smack on a movie you haven't seen. Oh my gosh. That well, it happens all the time now. People don't yeah, do exactly. that. <laughs> we, I mean, people talk smack about stuff they don't know anything oh about all gosh. the time. It's just the way, it's the, it's, it's human nature. Yeah. And, and, uh, hey, I'm, I'm in, I'm of the, uh, of the ilk that could give a shit less, like, if somebody's gonna come out and do it, like, oh, I can't believe grown men watch this shit. Whatever, who cares? Yeah, just you know what? You do it. You trying to get some attention, so you know. Like I don't even know the. I can't. I've never even heard of the guy that actually did that. Yeah, that actually said that grown men the thing. Started it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, then you know Cody got really hot, man, yeah. and like you know, so he <laughs> tweeted back at DC and. Like, it was a little much, too. Yeah. You know? Cody got real hot at... Do you know Jonathan Snowden from Bleacher Report? Yes. He got really hot at him when Snowden was just like, oh, I, you know, I'd be interested to in see what those numbers are. When everyone was talking about, like, how the Bullet Club shirt was selling so much a hot topic. Yeah. Snowden was like, I'd just be interested in seeing what those numbers are. And people got... Came at him. And then... Snowden at like the the one hour tease guy was like they sold this many shirts in this quarter and Snowden's like do you have a breakdown of that can I see the numbers and what sort of like split that is like how much Cody's getting off of that versus how much the Bucks are getting off of that just because he was curious about how much you know like whatever and and that's fine if like people don't feel like that's his business as a journalist or that they don't have to disclose that information as a company but Cody went it's okay after to ask him, but Cody went after him and got all of his followers to go after him too. Huh. Which is, so Cody's been getting hot about stuff, yeah. but he also could just be being a heel, being the heel world champ. Like, it, well, here's the thing about being a heel these days: it it it, it takes uh, something different than it used to take to be a heel. Right. Like when you try to be a heel, uh, the way you know we tried to be back, you know, in the past, it, it doesn't work. You know, you kind of got to be. You, you have to fool the people. Really, like in the, it's like it's weird. It's a, it's a weird thing now, for sure, of yeah. how to do that. And yeah. like people really legit get hot, yeah. but that's why they used to. People used to really legit get hot at heels back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a different way of working the people. So hopefully, but I didn't. You know, I just don't think I'd come at Daniel Cormier like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I. I mean, um. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's kind of like when uh, McGregor said he could beat everyone up twice on Sunday, and then uh, all the wrestlers, Roman Reigns, like my legs bigger than you, uh, dude, and just getting it's it's just all get, getting it's people just, talking. Yeah, but and and that's another thing. Mc, Conor McGregor <laughs> is like F F WWE. Like enough of all like the, hey Conor McGregor, what about WWE questions? Like I think we're good on that for for now, unless you're really gonna do something. People keep asking, right? Whatever. Well, I think people just want that, like the crossover. So first, it was about boxing, and yeah. he just announced that he's going to do UFC. That's going to be his yeah. next fight because they were trying to see if he's going to fight. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot his name. Anyways, you got it. Yeah. Hey. Um, so you know. So what else is going on? Um, so a uh, wrestling legend has passed away. Oh yeah. 
Go ahead. Uh, Tom Zank, uh, who worked for both WCW and WWF, has uh, passed away. He passed away on December 9th in Minnesota. So um, the news didn't break until the 17th, so which, which is kind of quite a few yeah, days later. Yeah, he passed in the ho- in North Memorial Hospital, mm-hmm. uh, which is like two blocks from uh, down the street from where I used to live. I lived in North Minneapolis, which was on the on the border, like it bordered Robbinsdale, and there was a huge rivalry between the North the Minneapolis guys and the Robbinsdale guys. Hawk Road Warrior Hawk, uh, Scott Norton, um, Kevin Kelly, aka Nails. <laughs> uh, they were kind of like the, the they were not kind of they were the Minneapolis North Minneapolis Patrick Henry High School guys, and the Robbinsdale guys are like. Oh man, the, phew, Kurt Hennig, Tom Zink, uh, you know John Nord, uh, Nikita Koloff, Rick Rude, Brady Boone. A lot of people don't know Brady Boone as, but he was he was really good. Yeah, yeah. He just was. He was very short. So was there just something in the water there? Yeah, there <laughs> is, man. I mean, and, and it all started with with you know Vern Gagne. Yeah, back and then, in the Backland. Yeah. No, well, well. I'm, to, I'm just talking about this one high school. Right, right, no, no, I know. Bob, Bob didn't go there, but uh, right. Backlund didn't go there, but Backlund's from Princeton. Right. So there's a Minnesota thing, too, but just this one high school, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and just, you know, when everyone's gone from the class in 1976, there was, you know, Brady Boone, Rick Rude, Tom Zink, and, and Kurt Hennig. Mm. And uh, and I remember when when Rude passed away, and, and Brady Boone already had. And I remember Kurt freaking out about like you know, the guys from his class all like dropping yeah. like flies, and you know, and he was the next one. Yeah, and, and Zink was only about fifty nine. Yeah. yeah, and and Tom was uh, Tom was really undersized when he was in high school, and he, you know, the Kurt used to tell me that people picked on him at first, and mm. like. You know, it kind of gave him the incentive to really go to the gym, and he ended up being a Mr. Minnesota. And uh, Tom also walked around on the tiptoes of his feet, like Kurt Hennig and even his son, uh, Joe Curtis Axel, and mm-hmm. uh, and even his son Hank did when he was a kid. And you'd walk around on the bu- on the toes on your tiptoes, like build your calves up, you know, and uh, it gives you better, you know, jumping vertical mm-hmm. jumping ability. Anyways. Um, Tom had some heat with, you know, he he, he t- testified against Vince, the steroid trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was real controversial, like in you know, some of the things he said after you know, not being in wrestling for a while. He was kind of the first to do the controversial like wrestling podcast almost, where he was you know just saying some pretty, you know, outrageous things to get attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but bef- before that, I remember one time we were doing TVs down in, 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 in the mid-90s. We were doing TVs in Georgia, WWF, and, uh, and Scott, uh, Scott Hall came with, with Tom Zink, and Tom Zink drove in, like, the Corvette or whatever, drove to the town, and as soon as they got there, Jack Lanza kicked Tom out of the building, told him to get the F out. <laughs> You know, and uh, Scott didn't understand that Tom had that kind of heat, but he testified against Vince in the steroid trial. So, and then he shows up to TV. Uh, anyways, um, Tom was an interesting guy. I liked Tom. I didn't know him extremely well. 
But any, I don't know if anyone has anything else to say about Tom. But Jimbo got Z Man memory. Dude, I just remember his action figure. I always <laughs> had his action figure. Yeah, and it's posed like this. So the LJN or the no, it's a WCW Galoob. He just always had this like couldn't understand why this person made it or that person made it because he was in better shape and he was younger and better looking. And I think if he had stuck with the Can-Am connection, they probably would have done something pretty significant. Yeah. yeah. But he jumped, so. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know why he jumped and there's not a lot of info out there because he's one of the few guys who pretty much disappeared like when he left the business. No one knows anything about the um, the cause of death yet. No, it wasn't so, an obituary no. or anything, no. No, and like you know, a lot of people have speculated, and it's it might be safe to speculate, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to right now. So, anyways, obviously, um, you know, rest in peace, Tom. So, is there anything? What else is going on? Women's wrestling adds another first. Damn, Mark. So, Mark's on point. I yeah. got it. I'm here. <laughs> We are so glad you're here. He's back. wearing red, too, for yeah. you guys. <laughs> um, so Stephanie McMahon announced on Raw on Monday that uh, there will be a Women's Royal Rumble event, which is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. So is it the same night as the Rumble? So yeah. we're having two Rumble yeah, matches? Two Rumble matches. Are they going to have 30 women in it? Uh, it's either going to be 20 or 30. Okay. Um, so... It's going to be both Raw and SmackDown that we know of. I heard that the NXT champions might be involved as well. The oh. NXT might be involved as well. So the champions aren't going to be in it. So if you count both Raw and SmackDown rosters without the champions, and you include like everybody, that's 19 women. Yeah. So <laughs> that leaves one spot, or it leaves 11 spots. And uh, there was also a report saying that there's some, some talk about bringing in some NXT people but if they bring in NXT women, they're not going to count as call-ups. They're going to go right back down to NXT after the yeah. match. Oh, okay. And I think they should also uh, consider bringing in, you know... For, Legends. Yeah, yeah. Trish Stratus. Uh, Phoenix. You know, things like that. Yeah. W- w- ladies like that. Definitely. Lita. Yeah. Trish, like, Trish tweeted out right away, and I think she <laughs> kind of made like a hit. I don't know. I was yeah. just reading in between the lines. Yeah. 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 Everyone was tweeting about it right yeah. away. Yeah. And if... I you know it'd be nice to see Maria in it. I saw her tweet something about yeah. it, but I I don't know if that's even that may not line plot, up. No way. <laughs> no. No, but if it wasn't for you know the the sure. stuff with her, the brain tumor and that, I I could see. Oh, her. sorry, I thought you meant Maria. No, Maria Canales. Manuna. Oh, yeah. right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I should have said. No, it's a good. I was about Maria Canales too. Yeah. That half of the room was fine. This yeah. Half because mm-hmm. I saw her tweet, and she's like, I-, I would love to be in this, but I'm afraid of getting my head smashed. Yeah, <laughs> you know? uh, yeah but awesome. that would be a perfect thing for somebody like Maria or, or somebody that was, you know, um, yeah. that or had come in and done stuff in the past. If she's worried about taking a bump, just do the Drew Carey spot. Come in have her be in the ring. Yeah. And, like, if Nia Tamina Jax. or Nia Jax comes out, have her eliminate herself. Just step yeah. over. Or good way to bring back Kong. The Sam. Yeah. Karma. Yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff that they can do mm-hmm. with this. And so I think everyone's stuff, yeah. gonna be just like waiting to see like how is this all gonna work out and whatnot. It was the same with like the money in the bank world, yeah. like, okay, like how is this gonna be planned out? But I think that the Royal Rumble always has that that more like exciting factor where you're just like, Oh, like you're already hyped with the men. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. you're gonna be extra hyped with the women. And everyone's aware of the major rumor going around, right? About the surprise entrant in the women's rumble match. It was Stephanie. Nope. Ronda Rousey. Oh, yeah. Oh. No. oh that okay. would be that 19 where you're like, there's either 1 or 11. Okay, yeah. makes sense. 
Because then, you know, then you, you can that. have Alexa defend her title against Asuka on the show elsewhere, mm-hmm. Rousey win the Rumble, and not be exposed so much because it's a battle royal. Ronda win the, the Rumble? Mm-hmm. No, she can't do that. Okay. No, hmm. absolutely not. I, I, don't like I, I, I really hope that this, if it's going to be on the, well, it is going to be on the same show as the yeah, main Rumble. Okay. I, Man. How are they going to fit that That's in? That's the thing about that. It's going to be a four-hour match plus oh. a two-hour pre-show, just like all their big four events Ooh. are now. I, it's a full work day. Yeah, and uh, I don't know like if there's appetite for two of those kind of matches on one show. Have one open the show, have yeah. one close the show. But still, like even none. Like I, I if, think if, that, if that first one's really good, people like old, might be like kind of the old elimination uh, elimination chamber pay per views with two elimination elimination chamber matches were awesome, where they had the SmackDown title and the Raw title on the same elimination chamber, and they had one to start and one to end. I loved those. Did you? Yeah, and, and everyone loves the Royal Rumble, yeah. and I think the fact that it's the first women's Royal Rumble will get people up for yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not. That's not. I. I I'm not. You're just talking about running out. Yeah, the crowd, right? I'm talking about once you get. Sure. All, everything's great on paper, and it's and it's and it's attractive, and it draws you in. But right. once you're there, well, I and think once that, you're once you're committed to watching it, once that, once that the 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 the, the men's rumble starts, that's just my concern. Is people are going to be I, pooped? I yeah. think WWE's already crossed that bridge with all their six and seven hour and eight hour uh, big events that they've done. Like. All those crowds are burned out by the end. Yeah, I was just going to say they them, didn't solve it, but they still keep doing them. So <laughs> yeah. I don't think that they, like that, that bridge has been crossed. Crowds like are, the, crowds are does, burned off, af, uh, burned out after the NXT show the night before. Yeah. Oh my god! And this is this yeah. is going to be a show where fifty six times the crowd's going to be chanting down from ten. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's a lot of energy. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm that's talking why, about. That's Watch. why I think they'll they might go, just go with oh, twenty women man. for the the women's mm-hmm. rumble because mm-hmm. then you got like a forty to sixty minute match instead of an hour to hour and twenty minute match. I love Stephanie announcing this in the ring, and you mm-hmm. can see the reaction on all the ladies' faces, yeah. especially Sonya Deville. Mm-hmm. You can see how, how how happy she was, yeah. and just the excitement of all of them. Like, wow, we're making history again, and we've worked so hard to get here. So it's awesome. I kind of. <sighs> Did you have an issue with that, Sean? Because it like a second a second before Stephanie came out, they were all going tooth and nail, and you know the story is the absolutions trying to like beat the hell out of all the yeah other I do division. yeah I do. What are you gonna do? You know, so I I I'm not um, I'm not oblivious to those things, <laughs> you know, and I I it just you know. What am I going to say? Yeah. <laughs> the only, thing, the only thing that I thought was a bummer about the the announcement is it went off the air like immediately. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't they they should have like she should have hit the announcement with like five minutes left to go instead yeah. of with thirty seconds left to go so that the crowd could have reacted to it organically. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see them maybe. You know what might have been a good idea is to make this a special on the on uh, not on the network. network or on USA Network. Mm. Take a whole Raw mm. and and make it a women's Rumble, mm. or not a whole Raw, but you know, like yeah, yeah. a whole like an hour of Raw would could could take up that. I think in future years, draw huge numbers. I think too. Oh, I think man. in future years you can do that, but you don't want to if you're going to announce something like this, you don't want to have a perceived slight in that in that like. Everyone else is on the pay per view, but not 
the women. Mm-hmm. Not all yeah. of the women in our promotion. Yeah. I just wouldn't be as worried about it with, when considering that the, the, the payoffs are different now. Sure. You know, it used to be like if you're not on the main show, your payoff is different. And I'm not, right. I'm not sure that's necessarily the case now. Right, right. So, but, um, am I missing anything? What, what else is going on in uh, wrestling? <laughs> uh, was it really a clash of the champions? So how do you guys like the, the pay-per-view? I thought it was good. There uh, was a pay-per-view? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The tag match was pretty good with uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens against Nakamura and Randy Orton. I like the Daniel Bryan thing mm-hmm. with the indie guys kind of coring together to take on the establishment, I guess. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was a decent pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, nothing really super major happened. It was just there. But I kind of feel like it's just like that pay-per-view right before the Rumble where we're all excited. We're already wanting to get to the Rumble, you mm-hmm. know? So it's kind of just that pay-per-view that's just like, it's kind of just like there, you know? Yeah. And we're just waiting to get to like the big stuff, the next year's stuff. Yeah. Uh, what else? And you guys don't, I, I saw some of it and it just nothing stood out to me. I did like Ginger Mahal's performance. I thought like he just, from where he started and this whole thing to now, it's just kind of like, I was really, really impressed. But on the, the match itself, like his skills were great, but on the match itself it was just like, eh. Here's a problem with that match, if there's a problem, or one of. You're, you have AJ Styles as the babyface champion going in there against a, um, you know, gender chasing the belt. Mm-hmm. And the way that the match was worked and the way it was paced, mm-hmm. uh, it's harder to do a match like that when the babyface isn't the one chasing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, a lot of people don't think about it's like things Ricky like Martin that. match. Ricky Martin yeah. match, and you don't want you don't want to see that Ricky Martin match with Ricky Martin's the champ. No, I mean maybe it was, with Ricky Martin, and 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 the same went for Ron Garvin. Yeah, when Ron Garvin was chasing the belt, oh my God, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Well, once he was the champ, and he, you know, I think he only defended it against Rick, right? I think he might have had one defense. Yeah, but it wasn't like you he know he lost like, it pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, and the people didn't want to see him as champion; they wanted to see him chasing yeah. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's Ron Garvin just works better when he's not. A bully in a match, like I'm a I'm a Ron Garvin yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd Hands like a stone. Have him on the show. You he stole him he stole the the Ron Garvin stopped. He took that from Malenko, <laughs> the, my teacher, the great Malenko. Perfect. Ziggler winning the U.S. title at the yeah. pay per view and then just dropping Leaving it on it. SmackDown yeah. after he cuts this amazing promo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I uh, think he's going off, heading out. And I. I, I Dolph Ziggler's like, Dolph Ziggler, like the past five years of Dolph Ziggler are like him perpetually almost leaving. <laughs> like, it's it seems pretty clear he's not like having a very good time. Like, just as like being fulfilled or gratified by what he's doing. I don't know. I hated that stuff where he was coming out doing everyone's entrances. Yeah. That was awful. Yeah. I felt so bad for him. I just feel like the best possible thing for him at this point Just would take be a to break. leave. Yeah. Like, do the Drew Galloway thing, man. Yeah. Or even do the Cody Rhodes thing. Just, like, do it for yourself. Like, do it on your own. Like, he takes so much pride in his work as a performer. And it's, he... it's scary to it's scary to leave there. Oh, I'm it's sure. It's scary just in general for people to, to make changes. But he's been doing his comedy thing on the side for, like, 
half a decade now sure. and he's got money saved up like I don't think that of well, all people you, he would you, be afraid of hope that, yeah. <laughs> yeah so could he do something like a, a Chris Jericho where he like leaves and does maybe his comedy stuff and then like comes back like takes a moment to breathe and take it all in and appreciate you know what all my all my comedy all my comedian friends say he shouldn't <laughs> Well, he would make he, Dolph, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler would make a killing on the indie scene. Totally. There are so many dream oh, matches. Yeah. There's so many bookers that yeah. would love to pay whatever fee he's asking for. Yeah. He would kill it for like at least a couple years on the independent yes. scene with the merch. Yeah. You know, um, the the independent booking. You know, just the payoffs from that, and yeah. uh, and he would help the scene. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just. We get filled with self doubt a lot when we're when we're uh, in certain situations, and we feel like, okay, uh, I don't want to bet on myself. Sure, you know, and uh, the ones that do bet on themselves and 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 just get rid of that, you know, whisper <laughs> yeah. and doubt in their ear, like do well. Especially yeah. with a brand like WWE, it's just kind of like you're. It's considered the top, the, the mountaintop right. of everything. And now you're like, okay, well, that's great. And then you're looking at everything else, and you ha you're not familiar with that. It's definitely a scary, yeah. scary thing. So. Yeah, I remember. The thing is, is though you you have this exposure from WWE. That's there isn't. Um, you can't put a price on that. Kurt Henning told me. He said, "Kid, if you don't make any money here, at all." <laughs> Just the exposure is is priceless. You can't you can't buy the exposure, sure. and he was a hundred percent correct. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who d has a cup of coffee in WWE for the rest of their career, they get to put that you know f former WWE superstar thing on a poster. Hey man, look at me. I mean, I had more than a cup of coffee. <laughs> a legendary career. What are you talking about? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I, you know, I and but it's been a minute since I've been there full time. Sure. And I, it's not like I'm on TV every, like, you know. I haven't been on TV there in probably a year. Right. But people still freak out when they see you. Eh, sometimes. Look. Every day. Every day. <laughs> You're doing better than Naked Midian. That's all yeah. we're saying. So, hey, um, I think we're going to take a break now. We're going to come back with Sam Roberts. Hey, Xbox 12360 fans, I just want to tell you two ways that you can support the show to help it grow. First, if you've ever wanted a shout-out or surprise message for various occasions from me, all you have to do is visit celebvm.com slash Sean Waltman to request a video today. Not only does it support the show, but a portion of the proceeds go to charity. Second, visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. That's the only place to grab shirts with the X-Pac 12360 logo, Wolfpack, or many other designs. If you pick up a shirt, make sure to tweet us using the hashtag X-Pac 12360. That's CelebVM.com slash Sean Waltman for a personal message from me, X-Pac. And ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman for X-Pac, Wolfpack, and X-Pac 12360 gear. Thanks for supporting the show. Now let's get back to it. Welcome back, everyone, to X-Pac 12360. Joining us via Skype right now. Are you in Jersey? I, I think I think it's it's probably Jersey or New York. Or, I can't remember. What, anyways, uh, good friend of mine, known him for a long time. He's the host of the Jim and Sam show on uh, Sirius. It's not XM anymore. It's just Sirius. And Which I think Sirius it's... XM. Is it still Sirius XM? It's Sirius XM, yeah. I thought they got rid of the XM part. Anyways, um, my dear good friend, Sam Roberts. Yeah! yeah. Hey, thanks, I was everybody. trying to give you the proper introduction. It got all jumbled up, so the hell with it. 
Dude, it's been so confusing. I don't even know half the time. We're finally like we're just on one channel yeah. on this on Sirius XM, one channel number for the first time this year. Right. In, in like 10 years. Yeah. What channel is that for those that 103, want to see? Sirius XM 103. It's called Faction Talk. Is that what the name of the the channel is now? Yeah. I don't know what it means, but yeah, it's Faction Talk. Huh, right on. Hey, so Sam, w- you know, the first time that we ever met, uh, Mike Calta, a.k.a. Cowhead, doesn't call himself Cowhead anymore, um, he, uh, he, he hooked us up. I had just gotten arrested for having pot in my pocket going through the airport in Newark. You in airports, man. Yeah, right? And, and I didn't have any ID, so like, I, get to the bil- I get to the serious building, and it's like Fort Knox trying to get into the New York serious building. Not so much the one here, as we found out the other week. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, it was, uh, it's, it's come a little way since then, huh, Sam? And so yeah. have you. Uh, well, yeah, no, I just love that we somehow like that started a friendship. That yes. It was me kind of borrowing a studio in the afternoon to interview you who could barely get into the building. And it was just like, it just evolved like this conversation where I was just going to ask you about wrestling just evolved into actually having a conversation about real stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like I feel like we've gotten to watch each other grow a lot. It's been really really awesome. Yeah, for sure because like at that time you were uh, doing you were like a producer for uh Opie and Anthony show. Yeah. Yeah, and wow man, like now you're the number one. To me, you're the number one uh uh obviously people everyone goes, "Yeah, Howard, but like just take Howard out of the equation and and uh Jim and Sam's the number one show on Sirius." I appreciate that, man. Yeah, we we hear that and I think we feel that way you know i i I don't know uh who else would be besides us but it's been oh i'm sure there's probably one or two people that might think they are but they're not (laughs) trust me (laughs) not gonna name any names (laughs) but no i mean it's just been kind of an amazing thing It's, it's 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 really and i'm sure that you can attest to this based on the journey that you've been on like you have these goals when you're young and you just kind of work, work, work. And, you know, after 10, 15 years, whatever it is, you get to this place where you realize that you have achieved a lot of goals, but none of them in the ways that you thought you were going to achieve them. Not one, not one thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but, and, and now, I mean, now look at Sam, you're, uh, you're one of the co-hosts of the, of the, of the kickoff shows on WWE network for all the big, pay-per-view specials yeah i mean that's one that i can't believe like that I mean, you talk about you know things that you want to do yeah. or things that you grow up wanting to do and just not having any idea what path that you're walking on is going to lead there uh, that's what what this was you know because i had tried multiple times to do different things with wwe or to get their attention or to do all kinds of stuff from the time when i kind of was like just starting in radio yeah. you know just trying to do stuff with them and whatever and well if i you know, like a year ago or, or a year and change ago they just decided to try something and they called me up and asked me if i wanted to do it and i was like yeah i want to do it i was i didn't surprise me at all by the way and uh and i just remember like in the early uh days of of the network when it first started and some of the shows you were you were uh they had you on there as like a panel like you know yeah, that was commenting that was, on different like top ten lists and things like that. That was the first thing that I did on the when they did countdown. That was one of the first shows they had on the network. Yeah, and uh, 
I, I just happened to meet a guy. One of the um, Josh Matthews uh, was a good is a good friend of mine, and when he was working in WWE, we hung out a lot. Like I would go up to he was living in Stanford, so we would hang out a lot. And Josh ended up introducing me to a few people over there who. You know, he wasn't introducing me in like a business way necessarily. It was more like, hey, this is Sam. He's a big fan. He does radio. He wants to do stuff. And, and you know, you end up just making friends with people. And it was through one of those meetings that they go, well, you know, it was before the network had launched. And they were like, one of the things we want to do is this talking head show. Yeah. So why don't you just come in and we'll tape you and we'll ask you a bunch of questions. And, like, I sit down just to do that. And I ended up in the chair for, like, I think it was almost five hours because yeah, I can imagine that because they have a yeah. lot of different things they can, uh, you know, they can they can use your your footage for countless uh, things. And they figured out too that like I knew because I've been watching like yeah. religiously for so long and it's all been retained in my memory yeah. that I knew about everything they were throwing at me. So they started just trying to find the obscure stuff that they wanted to cover that other people really weren't able to have any kind of expertise on. And I would just go in on it and whatever, whatever it was, I was just able to go in on it because I love this stuff. What yeah. was the most obscure thing they brought up that you knew about that they were shocked that you knew about? Um, I don't know if it was like necessarily shocked, but when, when they realized that they could ask me about the entire history of crime time and all their <laughs> vignettes and and like how they debuted and everything like i must have sat in a chair yeah. and talked for 45 minutes just about the 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 nuances of crime time and how they got to wwe yeah hey what's the was the uh back to the the kickoff show stuff what's the this past wrestlemania that was you you were still new to those at that point right yeah so i start my first one was last december so i think i had only done two because i didn't do royal rumble last year so i did one in december and then i think i did elimination chamber and so i think wrestlemania this past wrestlemania was only my third kickoff show yeah. well they you know i just remembered you and i talking about that earlier on and, and you were i think it might have been after the first one you were telling me because that wasn't it out here anyways no that was anyways. It's Florida. yeah yeah so i remember you saying you know uh they just told me it's like kind of a you know one time deal like and we'll go from there but i knew sam that i i, I just knew 100 percent. i had no doubt in my mind that that wasn't gonna be your your uh your only one like they, i knew they'd bring you back uh every single time pretty much well i mean i appreciate that and you did say that to yeah, me you and i was like I, I i appreciated it then and i appreciate it now and you know it's really interesting like with wrestlemania is because as a fan like i kind of have to not only do i have to pinch myself but i also have to kind of level myself off because you know as you know nothing lasts forever so you have to be able to kind of enjoy something in the moment and allow it to just be what it is yeah but like you know the past several wrestlemanias i've had these moments where i have to just tell myself to enjoy this and it's it's probably not going to get better than this one so just have fun and relax and you'll still be able to watch wrestlemania but that me giving myself that speech kind of started at WrestleMania 30 because the WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans was the one that you invited me to That's come right. hang out with you with. And so, <laughs> like, I got to stay in the hotel. I got to go to the Hall of Fame with you. I was hanging out in the suite with you and all this stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, that was one of those experiences where I was like, all right, look, 
Like last year, you got to go as a member of the press, which you thought was the coolest thing ever. This year, you're hanging out with X-Pac. Like it's probably not that you're probably hitting your peak. So just enjoy this one. And he gets to stay in the hotel, like with the with the wrestler, with the talent, yeah. and like on their the floor with all. You know, it was just. Yeah, it was hard to get. Th- it was hard to hook that up for you, Sam. I just want you to know that. <laughs> it was so funny, and I I appreciate you doing it. And I remember specifically, like I could really tell that it was not a situation where there were any available rooms or whatever, right? And, and because it was just so full of all the boys and everything. And like I call my wife that night because like you go into the hotel and you go and there's an area where. The, the boys and then the, the friends and family of the boys can go and yeah. pick up their stuff. So since you had helped had, – had, I was your guest. I went in to that room to get all my stuff and, like, you know, I get my stuff and then I see, you know, Daniel Bryan's in there or Sheamus or whoever, you know, all wrestlers are around yeah. and stuff. And this was – again, this was like WrestleMania 30, so it's about three years ago. And I went up to my hotel room kind of immediately and I called my wife and she was like, how is it? And I was like, Jess – it's amazing, but like, I have to just stay in this room because I can't go anywhere without feeling like somebody's gonna figure out that I'm here and just throw me out by my shirt collar. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just been it's just been amazing. Just things have gotten progressively, you know, stuff has just continued to happen, and I've continued to kind of bust my ass at everything, and it's been. It's been really, really, really amazing. Yeah, man, and it's and you do such a good job on the kickoff shows because you're not out there like whether you even think about this or not. Like you're just out there doing the thing. Like you're not trying to get Sam Roberts over as a persona, you know. And I can't say that for some of the other people I've seen uh, um, be uh, put in that in that same spot, like nothing against anybody else. But I just think that you're more what they're looking for when it comes to that. And I think it shows because they keep bringing you back to do it. Well, thanks, man. And that's, that's pretty important to me just because like, you know, I think about it as what would I, not only what would I want to watch if I were watching, but just as a fan and a guy who respects the business as much as I do. Like, I don't think like I, I know when I do, Sam Roberts show, Jim and Sam show, like then that's my show. That's about me. But like when I get invited by you guys, cause it's your world, right? When you yeah. guys invite me into your world to come and just get to be myself and just talk about the show. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, okay, it's time to make this the Sam show. Like I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to be me, but do whatever I can to kind of try to express to people like how cool. This yeah. Is. You're not just sitting there waiting to get your quote unquote shit in. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you know, your shit gets in eventually all your shit's going right. to get in. So and, and and people are not watching the kickoff show to see Sam Roberts shit. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> were you nervous when you were doing the kickoff show? Did you have Vince in your ear? No, Vince uh, is, is was not in my ear. In terms of people being in my ear, like there's always a producer who's producing the show and and who's but he's really just there to help time the show and sometimes offer encouragement get in there sam like you got this ask this quote you know what i mean but not he's never there's never none of the producers are ever there telling me what to do what to say how to say it what opinion to take like none of that stuff that it's it's all just sort of very little bits of timing and and helpful 
things here and there, but it's very, very little producing. They really allow me to be me. And in terms of being nervous, like I was pretty nervous. I was nervous the first time that I got there just because I'd never done it and I didn't know what to expect. Like I had done a little run through in Stanford, but I didn't know what to expect. And it's a live show, but I sat down and thank God that the first kickoff show I did was with Renee and Booker T who are like two best people you could possibly have do a show like that with, Mm -hmm. because we did like, we rehearsed a couple segments just so everybody could get comfortable with the flow of the show. And after rehearsal, it was like, Oh my God, this is going to be a blast. Like, this is going to be great. This is, this is, there's, I wasn't nervous anymore because, you know, I realized what it was and who I was with and that, and that it was, it was what it was. It was. It was. You this. are a professional broadcaster, Sam. I'm the last professional broadcaster. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, so what's the biggest surprise you've had in working with the WWE? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm like just blowing smoke or kissing ass, but like there really haven't been any negative surprises at all. Um, pro- like you know, you always hear about how well like the WWE is run and you always hear about the machine but like here what surprised me was that that those guys the, the reason that the machine runs like it runs is because from top to bottom everybody takes their job like so seriously and is so good at what it ever it is that they do like the producers there there's some young producers there there are producers there they're younger than me for sure and it's like they know exactly what they want or they know exactly what they want to get, meaning they know exactly what the company or what Vince yes. McMahon wants. Like they know what the goal is and they're not there to kind of question it. And they're not trying to get their shit in. You know, we were talking, you know, cause that happens behind the scenes too. Yeah. You could be a, you, you're a producer who's working for somebody, but you have this idea like, no, no, I know better than the boss. And then that's you getting your shit. in. Yep. Nobody, nobody there does that in my experience. Yeah. It's like they go, they know what the desired result is. They know how to get it. And like, there's no laziness. There's no slacking. There's no like, okay, this is good enough. You know, like at WrestleMania, it was like a couple of the things that I was doing in the crowd, we would try it. We would pre-tape it once. The audio was not just right. You know, no, this is WrestleMania. And that quote was said, this is WrestleMania. There's no, ah, it's not quite right. It's perfect or it's not. There. Right. This is, and, and there's it no, like, there's no, it's good enough. If Never. you were saying it's good enough, do it again. Right, and we pre-tape it and pre-tape it. And then it's like if the pre-tape is not quite good enough, then they go like, fuck it, we'll do it live. That's they, right. You, you do it live. They go, okay, we tried to pre-tape it. We didn't quite get for whatever reason. There's a lot of different elements. We didn't quite get what we wanted. We're going to have to do it live. And by the way, when we do it live, it has to be perfect. And that's and it on. always ends up perfect when we do it of live. Because it's like all of my segments, like the last few years when I've been back there, like the the one where we did the, the, the where, where Ms. Dow, Damien Sandow in, imitated me. Yeah. Like all of that stuff. Like we yeah. were trying to pre-tape that. And, it, you know, it was just one little screw up after another. And then we go live and it, and everything just falls right into place. And it's because, like, you know, obviously, what you're doing. Sandow knows what Sandow's doing, but also the camera guy knows what the camera guy's doing. Yep. The audio guy knows what the audio guy is doing. Like, each person and you, X Pac, as a performer, are not sitting there worried is the camera guy going to get me? Yeah. Is the audio guy going to get me? All you have to do is worry about your part. Yeah. 
Hey, so, you know that everybody else is worrying about their parts. So, Sam, you're a huge wrestling fan. You have been forever uh, working for WWE now. Has that changed the way you view wrestling? Can you still look at it through the lenses of a, of a wrestling fan? Man, it is so funny because, like, I won't, I won't allow myself not to. Like, if I start to feel like I'm not just that fan anymore, then I would probably have to rethink what I was doing because yeah. that's, I mean – that's why I like doing this stuff so much. And like, for instance, <laughs> I'm watching uh, takeover the yep. takeover in Brooklyn. Right. And I was watching the championship match and I was watching it on a little monitor at the makeup table. And there were a couple other people around just kind of watching and Andrade wins. And I go, Oh my God. And I started like, like jumping up and down <laughs> like, like I put in my living room uh -huh. because I didn't see it coming. And like, you know, a couple that's okay, people, man. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is like, Xbox, you know, like everybody there, no matter how cool anybody wants to be, yeah. everybody there is a fan. And yes. and if you're if you're if you're a fan who's not like you know, who's respectful, who's smart, but still a fan, then nobody you know, you're not gonna get like judged for it. You know, you're gonna get it's gonna be like, Okay, cool, like he actually likes this. So hey, I don't Sam, no. I still do that. Yeah, when exactly. I still do that. There are still moments in wrestling that do that to me, and I'm I'm really grateful to be able to say that, <laughs> you know, after 30 thing. years of it's, doing this. Yeah, and I mean, and I had those moments like, uh, and and you know, like I I, you, I was watching uh, AJ versus Brock at Survivor Series with a bunch of the guys, like a bunch of guys came mm -hmm. from their matches, right, and they went in, and they had just performed on the show, but now they're watching AJ versus Brock. And they're reacting the same way I'm reacting, the same way you'd reacting, you'd be reacting the same way I think people were reacting at home, you know, because when you've got something that's really good, even the guys that are on the show are going to be like, this is awesome. Yeah. So, so like seeing how the sausage is made, hasn't really changed your opinion on anything or your outlook? No, if, if anything, you know, cause I think that, that so much is out there anyway, like there's not the only secrets left to me in WWE are that it's not nearly as sort of bad as the internet would have you believe it is. You know what I mean? There's yeah. not like this, like, like the internet's portrayal of what goes on behind the scenes versus what's actually going on behind the scenes. It's easier for me to be a fan being in the building yeah. than it would be if I was reading the internet, yeah. like it was gospel. Yeah. You know, a lot of the stuff that people think goes on behind the scenes, it's just, it doesn't because people are too busy doing their jobs. Yeah, that, that it's not. Yeah, it's not high school. It's right. it's, it's, it's people <laughs> going to work. You yeah. know. So what's your what's all right? What's what are you looking at outside of WWE now? As far as like uh, what what you're uh, into? Because I know you're still looking at other. You know, you're a big Marty Skull fan, huh? Oh, you mean in the wrestling world? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You I know. love. Uh, uh, I watched. So I watched uh, Final Battle last Friday and you know I, I I really like have such high hopes for Ring of Honor and I feel like for so long they've been almost right there and this show the final battle show I thought was really good I love that they put the title on Dalton Castle yeah. for a lot of reasons you know I think that that it makes Ring of Honor look even stronger to not only have Cody Rhodes as one of their top guys but to have the title on a guy that they one of their guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not just the Cody Rhodes show. It's Dalton Castle. He's a Ring of Honor guy, and he's our champion, and he's believable. And that people were excited when he won. I just. I wish, and maybe this is 
part of the WWE rubbing off on me. It's tough for me to watch a Ring of Honor pay-per-view without being critical of the production elements. Yes. Of, like, the camera work and the lighting. And, like, there are these – all these little things that could make Ring of Honor appear to be so much bigger. Yeah, the lighting the lighting and the missed shots are the yeah. things that get to me. Yeah. Because, you, you know, like, a lot of people can't even spot that stuff, Sam. I mean, maybe – I think, you know, I, I think that – I think that everybody spots it. They just don't realize it's subconsciously. It. Yeah. I think that there's like there's this feeling that's left with you that it's like, oh, that was cool. But you just don't have that feeling of I just watched this WWE level spectacle yeah. that could be there if like the entrances were shot properly or the 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 ramp, the entrance ramp was wide enough so that you had room for a wrestler and a cameraman on it. Yeah. So you don't see the camera like you can. You're, you, the the shot is moving around the guy, and you're conscious now of and the, the camera having and, to move out of a guy's way, and it yeah. takes you out. And the angles too, like I, I like I think that WWE just knows like what angles to shoot things from to make things look grander and like big. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. That just give you that bigger than life look, like it's coming through your your TV screen. Where like a lot of times, like there's really unflattering angles that that uh, wrestling gets shot. And like, yeah, and a lot of other shows. Well, like Vince but, McMahon standing lower than Andre the Giant and having Andre the Giant stand on a box for their first interview together to make him look so much better. Sure. Or just for the some- way, just where, you know, like how high your, um, your hard camera is when it's looking down on the ring. Like, there's, there's all kinds right. of things. Yeah, it has to be just the right thing because if right. it's too high, then the ring looks small, and if it's too low, then you've got a bunch of dead space That's above right. the ring. Yeah, like that—that that all counts. And like I noticed when I was watching the Ring of Honor pay-per-view that there was dead space above the ring in a bunch of shots. But all that said, I don't want to be hypercritical of it because I thought it was a good show, and I like—I mean, I like so many of you guys there. I'm a huge Dalton Castle fan. Um, like you just said, I'm a big Marty Scroll fan. I—I—I I, I, I think that that Cody has done so much good for the wrestling business yep. as a whole. Like, I think, I think Cody now, when I hear guys say there's, you know, WWE is the only game in town. I don't think it's true. Like, I, I think that that's, you know, that that's an excuse, you know, either if you don't like what's going on in WWE, you can make a living elsewhere. And I think Cody was the first to really sort of capitalize it and embrace it and turn it into a thing. The but first one to take that, that chance. That to, to take the chance on betting on himself. I was talking about that earlier. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, your buddy uh Austin Aries, I think, is 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 in the same boat that yeah. it's like we we live in a time where in wrestling as in any form of entertainment, if you can if you feel like you can get an audience and you are willing to take the risk and bet on yourself there's a lot of success to be had outside of corporate structures. And I think that, yeah, I think that Cody is probably the biggest and best and most recent example of that in the world of wrestling. But yeah, I think, uh, I so, think it's, it's, it's really cool what he's doing. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, people, there was a lot of doubt when he, when he decided to leave and even some really, really big names doubted like his decision and, oh. and, and they've even said, Hey, good on him, man. It all paid off for him. Uh, how do you, you know, feel? Let's go ahead. I was going to say, you know who I love is uh, who who I think that people are starting to come around on really liking, but I just, to me, uh, uh, Naito is... Yeah, man. Naito is, like, to me, the 
far and away. I feel the way about Naito now and for the last like probably year and a half, mm -hmm. I feel the same way I did about Nakamura like three yeah. years ago when I would watch him on the New Japan shows. That's how I feel about Naito today. So like to me, I get the my feeling on him and he's like, I, I think he's probably my favorite guy there because like he's the guy that's like they're giving the, the main spot to Okada and like even I, th I don't know what's going on with Tanahashi these days, but it seems like Naito is always just getting slighted a little bit like, yeah, and, and uh, you know, he's lost out on main events in the past. And like, I like the fact that he's speaking up and, and you can do this in Japanese wrestling. You know, because of the the way the you know the media is over there, and you cut your own, shoot your own angles, and say what you want, and it gets printed. You know, he's like, "Hey, uh, uh, screw this double main event stuff. Like Omega and Jericho, we're the main event." Yeah, you know, yeah. and I like that mentality, man. And it's good, and it's healthy. It's healthy for co like the competition on the and, yeah. you know. Yeah, and 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 then you go out there and you and you work a match that proves why you should be there. Yeah, and like really like. When you look at New Japan, if you're a guy who can make yourself seem like badass and cool yeah. to an international audience and not be associated with the Bullet Club, like that's a pretty, pretty tall task. The fact that he's able to have Los Ingobernales be like a, a legitimate thing where you can buy their T-shirt and Hot Topic yeah. and it's a cool faction it's a really difficult thing to do. I mean, imagine like, you know, somebody coming in and trying to be like the cool, young, hip, relevant faction when DX was in WWE, like it wouldn't have flown because yeah. DX was way too popular. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know? I, I, it's, it's pretty incredible. And, and, uh, you know, it's talking about this with JR. I did JR's show. We, we taped something with JR on Monday and we were talking about that. And, uh, um, I just had a huge brain fart. I just had the biggest brain fart ever. Go ahead. Well, the Step thing with Naito is that not only is he, you know, charismatic outside the ring where he can pull all that stuff up um, that you just mentioned, Sam, but not only that, inside the ring, he's so fast, he's so swift, and everything that he does, you're like, how does he get all of this on point while maintaining the speed? And I think that's one of the things that he's just one of those guys that has, like, the whole package, you know? Well, not only does he do what, – what's so great, I think, is not only does he have that speed, but then he, he doesn't use it, right? Like, he'll show it, and he'll start, and then he'll do the tranquilo thing. Yeah. And, he'll, like, stop and, like, just lay down in the ring. And, like, it's almost like he gives everybody the impression. So all the audience knows that he can do this. And then when he doesn't do it, it's, like, an even bigger deal. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's really cool. Because he's taking a spot that, like, it was is like a – um, you know, it's like it was such an overdone spot that guys would do, like just okay, because this is like a routine, like where you go to lock up and you sidestep the guy, or mm -hmm. you just like you know you go to lock up and you just kind of walk off, like that used to be a thing that was done, like just kind of a generic spot, and like he just took it, made it his own, and got it over. I mean, it's always amazing when to me when people can do stuff like that, like even in NXT, uh, Kadi Sane. Yeah. The elbow drop that she does, how anybody can breathe that kind of life into a move that's as old and been done as many times as the elbow drop yeah. is is incredible to me. But now we've got a performer that has the elbow drop as a finish and nobody's sitting there going like, really, that's your finish? Everybody's obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I, it makes me think of Okada, too, because like uh, I was talking to Austin about this. Uh, Steve Austin, not Austin Aries. And because uh, we were talking about that. And, uh, you know, Okada sticks to the basics. His yeah. move, he just does them so good. Like his drop kick, things like that, you know, the clothesline, the, you know, the ripcord clothesline, all that. Um, I would hope that it's like a, a lesson to a lot of people, too, that you don't need to learn how to do 150,000 different crazy flip insane moves that you're never going to be able to maintain if you can just get this core package and do it really good yeah that you're the best at yeah yeah it's 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 better scott hall would say like this is something he would say like i don't do much but i do i do good (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think okada has that gift that aj has too where they're really good at making the other guy look even much better. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's that's a gift. That's a talent, man. And I feel that's why him and Kenny Omega had such a good feud because Kenny is so good at being able to mold himself into different styles. And then Okada just has that thing so that that's why they blend so well. You know what I loved about uh, AJ in the match at uh, – because at, I think, like, to me, AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world right now. And I, I just – the story that was told between him and Jinder at the clash where it was, okay, Jinder's a- attacking the ribs, so now AJ's got to use his arms. Okay, Jinder's attacking his arms, so now AJ's got to use his legs. And, like, they told this story of a guy named AJ Styles who over time has developed this skill set that is pr- impenetrable because no matter what you take away from him, he's figured out how to use – his body this way he's figured out how to use his body that way and i just loved that like he's got you know two or three moves that he can do with each part of his body so there's not so so that story of like oh my god this guy's unstoppable yeah it's legitimate right yeah for sure well you know speaking of that about aj styles you know and we you know we spoke about the internet community and you know what they have said about WWE and the what it's like working there you know a lot of the things that people were saying before AJ Styles was in WWE that oh he was never gonna get there because he's too small and they don't want him and blah 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 and then he went and made a big name for himself what how did you feel when you finally saw AJ Styles come into the WWE and now everything that he's doing where guys like Brock Lesnar just love working with him what are your thoughts I I thought it was cool when AJ first got to WWE in the sense that he's just one of those names like you said that we didn't think would ever be there so I was like oh it's interesting like when AJ came over, I thought it was interesting. When not AJ and Nakamura came in at the same time, Nakamura was obviously in NXT. But like, I was pumped for Nakamura and for AJ. I was like, oh, this should be interesting. I got really excited really quick once AJ was here, just because he more so than just about anybody that I've ever seen, especially with the amount of experience he had outside of WWE, just latched on to being a WWE superstar so wholeheartedly and yeah, made it did. entire focus. Like he completely, and that's not to say he changed his wrestling style or he changed this. He just, he became in short order and the credit is his credit. He's the one who did this. He became a WWE superstar to the point where, you know, after six months of him being in WWE, Nobody was talking about, oh, it's AJ from TNA. Nobody was talking about it's AJ from New Japan. After six months of being there, it was like AJ Styles had been in WWE all his life. And that is, is to me, an accomplishment that can't go understated. That is such a huge feat. 
Yeah, it is. Hey, don't you think like don't you, don't you think so, uh, uh, X Pac? Yeah, that's come on, man. Especially like, okay, when, especially when they put the word out at one point that they weren't interested in any of those guys from TNA. Right. right. You know, it was like, ugh. I'm like, I and I knew, right, I knew even when they were saying that. Look, there are certain guys that there's an exception to to that statement, like that they just rise above. Uh, being a TNA, uh, quote unquote TNA t- talent, like, and he's one of them. And and I was talking to um, uh, Steve Austin again about that. It was before AJ actually went there, mm-hmm. and I was just telling Steve like my impression, you know, from knowing AJ was that he was fine not going there. You know, he had everything laid out to where I mean, you know, he obviously was doing fantastic in New Japan. And and elsewhere, you know, in the independent scene, you know, it was, I, I'm pretty sure that he was just fine if he didn't go there. Well, yeah, and I think WWE has done this really cool, uh, they've shifted business a little bit. Yeah. And done it in a way where they're a lot more cooperative than I think they used to be in the sense that they don't look at themselves the way other people do. I don't think WWE looks at themselves as, well, hey, we're the only game in town and if you don't want to work with us, you're screwed. I think that they look at a guy like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, yeah. Bobby Roode. They look at these guys who none of those guys need to be here, right? None of those guys need to be in WWE. They could all have great careers <clears throat> wrestling elsewhere, and they did for a long, long time. But WWE is now looking at guys like that and saying, look, we think it could benefit you if you came over and we think it would benefit us if you came over, let's figure out a deal where we're all, we're all good. We're all, yeah. where we're all satisfied. And that's why, you know, you see these guys keeping their names, keeping their gimmicks a little bit. Yes. And, 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 and those are the guys too, that they keep their names, they keep their gimmicks, but then they shift and Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode are in the same boat as AJ Styles, where they become right. WWE superstars because it's what they want to do. And, and I think that the company is working, for them, as much as they're working for the company. Well, obviously, you know, you know, the mentality was um, up until quite recently that like if it wasn't created here, then it's really like, you know, it's not a great idea, or we're not going to really go with it that hard. But like, it really, truly, I was talking to Hunter at, when they had Raw here at uh, Staples Center last, last week, two weeks, two ago. weeks ago. You know, he was talking about that, about how that was the mentality and how they tried to, you know tried to break away from that mentality, and it's obvious. Did he say who changed it? Because in my mind, I feel like the first the first people who might have changed it were like maybe Finn Balor and Kevin Owens because even though they changed their names, like Finn Balor and Prince Devitt are pretty much the same character, and Kevin yes. Owens and Kevin Steen are pretty much the same character. So was it was it that generation of guys when they realized like, It was hey, mainly the guys coming from, from NXT, and I really honestly yeah. think that, that – that, that's a Triple H thing. I think he's yeah. the one that was really like, um, uh, just uh, trying to bring about a new way of thinking when it comes to that. Yeah, I think it's smart too. I think, and it's very, it's very of the time. Like yeah. you see, I think wrestling should be a reflection of of the wider culture, and yeah. I think you see more and more that that level of cooperation and you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah, man. Stuff going on across entertainment and media yeah and if you're putting if you're not like if you're not trying to be friendly and 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 that with the with the other the smaller promotions and like where are you going to like you know 
where are you going to go cherry pick their, you know, your talent from? And where are you going to go, you know, harvest some of the talent that's going out there and, uh, and, and like creating their own personas. And like, that's the great thing, Sam is mm-hmm. like about the independent scene is all these really cool personas that are being, uh, you know, uh, Merited. being cultivated, you know, yeah. because all these at, guys are getting a chance to grow on their own and create on their own. Look at what happens in NXT when the guys start to move yeah. up and they need to replenish the roster. Yeah. Who do they have? Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. uh, Adam Cole, you know, like, like the, they, uh, these are guys who were establishing those personalities yeah. outside. And now they've got the Bobby fish. They've got this, this package that they can bring into NXT, That's right. you know, turn the volume up a little bit. So it's a, so it's a little bit more WWE, but they're ready to be those characters. And there's right? the guys that aren't even there now that are other places like are, are, they have, to, they have a, you know, their persona, their gimmick already like ready to go. <laughs> Marty talking about Marty Skrull. Yeah. The villain. Absolutely. That's perfect. Absolutely. And he's got the, he's got the thing. He's got the mask. He's got yeah. the coat. He's got the hat. He's got the umbrella. Like he's ready to go today. Even the bucks, the young bucks. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. And I mean, they, they just, there's no generation me. There's no reason to yeah. change anything. You just, the bucks are here. Okay. Hey, let's talk about the bucks and uh, Cody and the, the, Daniel Cormier and the, the MMA guys coming, you know, yeah, coming hard, coming at him hard on that one, that one spot. What's your, what's your uh, take on all that? I think it's so stupid. Like I, I, I don't know what MMA stands to benefit by trying to discredit pro wrestling. You know, if anything, if I were an MMA guy, I would want pro wrestling to be healthy because yeah. eventually, if I get fame in MMA and I'm tired of getting kicked in the face for real, yeah. and I can make money. Like I'm gonna be able to get a big payday to go and do pro wrestling, even if I'm only doing two matches. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't understand that part of it. And I think that it's silly to take this one spot out of context from this act. Who like, like the young bucks are doing something that the fans are in on. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they're the the, the spots that they do are because they've conditioned fans to like be a, a smarter fan so it's almost like we're all in on this inside joke together and i think that that's the yes. style of the bucks which isn't a bad thing it's it's a realistic thing in the internet age that we live in and and i think it's it's no different from people who like take an mma fight and they find like one one frame of the fight where it's like two naked oiled guys that look like they're humping each other or something and they're like, oh, this is what you guys are watching on Saturday night? Two guys humping each other? Yeah. Right. And it's like we know that that's not what it is. Like we, we know yeah. that like when you take the Young Bucks doing, you know, drop kicks to ballet, whatever you want to call it, like that's not that's not what yeah. what the show is. It's just this spot. And I think it's I think it's kind of I just don't think it's MMA. I, I, I don't like to, to say it's all of MMA or, or blanket statement MMA as being so opposed to wrestling, but there's definitely that element within yeah, the MMA I, I community think, think, that really resents it. Yeah, and I think that sometimes there are MMA guys, and and it's like it's not that dissimilar from their guys in the pro wrestling world yeah. that uh, are, are resentful that the Bucks are able to be so successful and make so much money and do all this stuff. Because, hey, that's not wrestling, that's this other yeah. thing. And you're like, well, it's working, obviously. So I think that I think that there are MMA guys who, you know, like Daniel Cormier, he's a great fighter, but he's not, he's not the most charismatic guy in the world. Like you saw when he was, when he was, had to match John Jones verbally, 
John Jones was running circles around him. Unfortunately mm -hmm. for John Jones, he can't get into an octagon to save his life. Right. But he's not charismatic on the level that John Jones is, and he's not charismatic on the level that the young bucks are. Yeah. So I think that there is this resentfulness that he sees or, or, or that type of person. I don't want to throw yeah. this all on Cormier because it was other people too. No, it wasn't but, Cormier. Cormier just, just uh, chimed in and, and I just thought it was, you know, like I can understand like if, if, it, if I was the one being criticized, yeah, you know, like if, if I was the one in the spot or in the video clip being criticized that, you know, I would, I might've been like, Hey man, it's a little harsh, you know? Uh, but overall, man, I just, and I've said this earlier on the show, I don't, I, it's nothing to get all worked up over though, right. either way. No, I don't think so. It's trolling, yeah. right? It's just like, they're just, they're yeah. just trolling. And, and I don't, if you didn't care what that person's opinion was of stuff before he was talking about wrestling, yeah. like why are you, why are you jumping on his case when he starts tweeting about wrestling? It's like that, uh, that rock star Whoever it was, like I think it was like oh, yeah. a, a few months back, where he said something about wrestling being stupid and adults shouldn't like wrestling, and the whole Everybody the whole Twitter world. Oh, the guy kind from Kings of Leon, <laughs> yeah, right? Kings of Leon. Yeah, that's exactly who it was. Here's... Yeah, and it's like it's like you know the idea that people think wrestling is stupid is never going to go away. Right. Like there's the wrestling, there are always going to be people who think wrestling is stupid because you know it, wrestling is kind of a silly thing unless you're like us who get it. Yeah, you could hey, see. Man. You have to be able to see from an outsider's perspective. Hey, I, a lot of stuff is is are, a lot of things are really silly things to us that because we're not into it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now you were hey. saying um, that Don, Daniel Cormier, as far as charisma, he doesn't necessarily have it compared to John Jones. Now you yeah. take on um, the whole Mayweather and McGregor fight that happened. It almost felt like a wrestling, like a WWE. They were cutting a lot of promos. Do you think that like UFC fighters who want to kind of either make the money and or boxers should take a page from you know wrestling promos and kind of apply that to their to their to their character or their their persona? Yeah. I mean, I think so. It's what ends up getting media attention. And, you know, it's what Ali did years and years and years ago. So it's not even like it's just pro wrestling. But, you know, you hear when uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, I mean, I'm sorry, Conor McGregor does it. He's doing Vince's walk. He's doing verbatim wrestling promos. Like he's, he's, he's using material from wrestling, which I, I think is great. I don't even have, not only do I not have a problem with it, I think it's awesome. I like it way better. My favorite thing Brock Lesnar ever did in UFC was when he cut that promo on Bud Light. Like, yes. I love, and he flipped I, the crowd off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, he be, yeah. and he's this heel now. And it's like, and it's so funny because I was watching that show with MMA fans and they were like, this is disrespectful to the sport. This is terrible. I hope somebody gets, I hope somebody comes in there and kicks his ass. And I go, bingo. I bet you'd pay you to see that, wouldn't you? That, there you go. <laughs> The minute you're saying, I hope somebody kicks his ass, and we are selling people getting their asses kicked, then we've done something. And, and, and we, as the as the UFC, will pretend to be mad at him for going out there and saying that on live TV. Right, exactly. Exactly, yeah. because we want to paint him even more like uh -huh. a villain. He's against the UFC. It's like it's like he's this, he's this uh, person who's against our establishment. It's like he's in this new world order of people that are against everything. <laughs> So, hey, um, before we uh, let you go, Sam, you guys want to yeah. uh, hit Sam with any last-minute stuff? I just want to know, Sam, what is, now that you're in the WWE, what is the best advice that you've gotten in order just to, like, I guess, help you out in your career? Specifically to WWE or just in general? Um, in general. Well, you know, I did an interview 
with JR on my podcast last week, and we ended up just talking about being in WWE, but I think it applies uh, to everything. And he was just talking about, uh, you know, figuring out that medium, that, that there are some people who go out and and they kind of stick to themselves. They try not to get noticed. They try to just be quiet and stand in a corner and, like, I'm just going to do whatever they ask me to do and I'm going to try to do it well, but I'm going to just be over here and not bothering anybody. And that way, you know, nobody will get mad at me. And while nobody will get mad at you, everybody's going to forget about you. Like, that's not how – that might be how a person – doesn't get fired right away, but it's certainly not going to be how a person grows at all. Like, I, I just, I, I think the best thing that anybody can do is just put your head down, do the work, and then put, take your head up and be cool to the people that are around you. And like, you know, don't be shitty about it. Don't, don't have an ego about it. Just, just, just work and work and work and don't worry about you know, what the immediate result is. Well, I'm not seeing an immediate result. I'm not seeing an immediate result. Just understand that it's this, it's this bigger picture that you're building. That's what, that's what uh, I interviewed Stardust once. And, uh, and he was telling me about his dad, Dusty Rhodes, who said, uh, who, who was talking to him and saying that it's not about, it's not about the match. It's about your body of work, baby, <laughs> your body. And, 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 and it was like, it's so right. It is. It's your, it's, it's the body of work. Just keep yeah. building this body of work and 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 keep moving you know okay i got two one have you ever had the urge to get in the ring and been offered to train by anybody uh yeah pat buck offered to train me but he still offers to train me um and if i were gonna train i would train with pat buck because he's create a pro right. wrestling yeah yeah create a pro and i did get in the ring for pat buck once i did <laughs> uh enter a battle royal uh, I choke slammed an individual and threw him over the top rope, and then uh, and then a monster, a Leatherface, came out and joined the battle royal. So I did the Drew Carey, and I eliminated myself and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my second question: I see all these awesome action figures you have on your desk. Have you bought the new Virgil action figure? And he he thanked you for getting him this action figure. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. What's this? Not only <laughs> have I bought this thing, but I uh, I interviewed uh bill mckenna oh yeah who from mattel is the designer at mattel and i asked him because this virgil action figure comes with the convention sign yes it right? does it says wwe and, superstar virgil wow <laughs> and oh that's so a I, lonely virgil doll yeah that's basically right that. that's what it is and so i interviewed uh the guy from mattel the designer and i was like hey did you know that the lonely virgil website like that's my website and he was like what it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's that's my <laughs> website. I kind of got that whole thing like uh, really going. And he was like, well, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I was just wondering, did that have anything to do with you? And he was like, you're entirely responsible for this figure. Nice. Yes, <laughs> this, is, this is you 100%. And I was like, you know what? Does, I don't know how many more goals I have to complete now. Does the doll have a fold a fold up card table that comes along with it? Oh, <laughs> it should. <laughs> uh, it doesn't, but I but I think I'm gonna I, I'm gonna get one so I can put him right on the top of the desk here with a little chair and a <laughs> stupid card table. Yeah. Um. So um, you started radio in 2005, and they've been talking about like radio, you know, disappearing for many years. Where do you think like radio is going to go, or do you think it's just gonna you know die into something like the podcast world or stuff like that? Well, there is a reason I'm the last professional broadcaster because uh, I do. I mean, I think I think traditional radio is not. I would not advise. Like, if somebody just loves 
being a DJ on a radio station, then I guess go for it. But if you were like a person who wanted to kind of grow and have a lot of success and move to the next thing and everything, then I, I would not suggest a career in traditional radio. I still, I mean, it's not the worst place in the world to learn how to use a microphone, I guess, but, but I don't think that being on the air on a traditional radio station is something that, uh, in 2017, anybody who's like a teenager, uh, should realistically want to do. I do think though that it's, it's evolving. I think that it's like this, like in 2005, I didn't know I would be able to build a studio with the help of Kevin Undergaro. I was going to mention that beautiful, beautiful studio. You're coming from there right now. I didn't think, uh, we'd be able to put Undergaro East, uh, in my house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and, we did, and I can now, not only can I, you know, Skype with you and have, you know, video cameras and microphones and everything, but I can go live on YouTube and I can record whatever I want, and and I think that it's it's evolving that way. I think that there are just so many more places for a person's voice to be heard, whether you want to be a YouTube personality or a podcaster or, or a Twitch person or whatever. I mean, there there are more ways now to reach an audience than ever in the history of mankind. So, you know, I, I don't think people should get so caught up on trying to mimic the success of somebody who came before them by saying, okay, well, I want to be like that person I hear on the radio. I think that they should kind of look at it in a little bit more broad terms and say, well, that person is talking to an audience about this, or this is this person's audience and he's doing that. And how in this day and age do I reach an audience? What's the next way to get an audience? I think that, that something that you really have to do is be thinking about not like what are people doing now that are successful. Yeah. You have to be thinking like what will successful people be doing later, right? Like yeah. what, what will they be doing? And that's, that's the direction you should always be moving in. Where are things going? I think that our industry, I I think the wrestling industry has always been on the cutting edge of, of technology, of using technologies like that. I do too, especially WWE. Yeah, for sure. Well, they invented pay-per-view. Anyone that wants to know where pay-per-view came from, it's from Vince effing McMahon. He freaking invented the whole thing. And honestly, the WWE network in terms of streaming networks is, is way far It more advanced than almost anything else that's out there. But you guys even know. I mean, just just being around uh, uh, the AfterBuzz Studios, the fact that a guy mm-hmm. like Kevin Undergaro and and Maria Menounos can sit there and like have this vision of an after show network and build a bunch of studios with their bare hands and like blast it live to the internet yes. and create this following and then start creating amazing original content with guys like you is like that is not something that was possible. 15 years ago it wasn't and it wasn't viable 10 years ago but do you, do you now think it, it, it's it's life do you think that like uh, okay there's do you think there's too much uh too much on uh you know do you think that there's too much to be had out there as far as content right now um i think it's a i, I don't know it's it's so like it's tough because there's so much content it's tough to to push your way through all of it yeah um but at the same time, before you were able to create your own content, it was impossible to get on the air, right? right. So it was. So it's always been tough to get to an audience. Uh, I don't. I don't think that there's too much content because people just have a choice to not listen to right. it. But I do think that that 
there's too many people that are just like, well, I'm just going to grab a mic and I'm just going to do this. And, and there's not enough people thinking, what is the thing, what makes the thing that I'm doing special? What makes the thing that I'm doing different from what this guy's doing? What makes the, what makes my take worth somebody spending an hour of their life listening to, you know, I think that that that's, that's important. Like I know on my wrestling podcast, I think I offer a unique perspective. I would never think I, I do not think that I am competing with, with guys like you X-Pac because you have the perspective of a guy who has lived this life for many years. Who's like traveled, who's been in WWE, who's, who's worked every match. I mean, you were like the lit. You were you were the litmus test for wrestlers coming into WWE. Like you are the guy with the perspective from that. I'm a guy who has sat there for 30 years and watched wrestling almost nonstop. And like I think there there is a place that fans sometimes like to hear from fans on what they want. Sometimes they like to hear from wrestlers on what their perspective well, is. Sometimes they like to hear from that. You know, I, I I just think it's finding finding your perspective is important. Well, for sure, Sam, because. You know, uh, that's why I have Jimbo and 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 right. Denise and TK here and D- Bill, who uh, who's not here right now, but uh, because you know I have my perspective that you just talked about, but like you know these guys and you you know the the questions that that the fans want to want to hear the answers to more than I do, you know. Right, but you have, you're the one with the answer. That's right. <laughs> so it's a wonderful thing how this all works out, isn't it? It's really a nice collaborative so, medium. Yeah, and and hey, man, um, hey, we had a hell of a view of uh, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, didn't we? Dude, that was so fun. We went up there. Uh, I'm like, Sam, come the, here. Let me show you something. <laughs> I, and I was like, look, at this point, I've known you long enough. I think I'm just going to follow you. But <laughs> they, they, they said, which I probably wouldn't have done that first meeting. But but now it's been enough time. But they, you know, because when they did WrestleMania this year, the ramp was so long and it was incredible. And that was one of my favorite things. I got to walk up and down that ramp when I first got to the building that day, which like, I just never, 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 ever forget how cool that was. But it was up like, so that, you know, the, the, the stage, like the entrance way and the gorilla actually, position. Yeah. Gorilla position was in like the three or four hundreds section up high. Of, like it was up like at the top level of where you could be like in the stadium, looking down on everything. Right. So we ended up X-Pac and myself walking up the stairs towards where gorilla position was. And then we, we jotted off to the side so that we were just to the side of where the stage was, but it allowed us to look out over the entire stadium. It was the best uh, view of the whole place, man. Amazing. It was really, really, really amazing. Yeah. And those guys killed it. They had a hell of a match. And, uh, Hey, Hey Sam, before, before I let you go, um, I just want to thank you, man, for, uh, for not not just coming on today, but uh, for being a really good friend. And uh, man, when I got arrested for being a uh, crystal meth, uh, <laughs> you know, trafficker out of the L- out of Los Angeles International <laughs> Airport, man, Sam Roberts was right there to help me tell my story and get it out there to everyone. Well, I mean, you don't have to you don't have to thank me. I appreciate all the all the stuff you've done for me over the years, and you yourself being a good friend and and. I feel like I know you, and if I felt like you were lying to me or you had been using again or, you know, there was some truth to that story, I would not have 
done what I did probably. But right. I mean, I've known you long enough that, especially in the spot that you're in right now out there, like I've, I've never seen you in a better position. So I just, I, something that bothers me is when a guy like you is as forthcoming and honest about all of his past and you do that for the sake of teaching us. Exactly. Also for the sake of our entertainment too. I mean, you know, a lot of it is just like because these are fun stories, right? And you're willing to kind of tell stories that you're not proud of knowing that we are entertained by them. And it's like when you take a guy like that and then use his past to kind of fuck him, you know, and use his past to make it seem like, well, obviously he's just this wreck and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, come on, man. You can't sit there and enjoy because the only reason, the only way I can enjoy stories of you when you weren't doing well is because I know that you're not still there, yeah. right? If I, I don't like to hear a drug addict tell me stories about being a drug addict. Like it, it I, I hate it, hate it. I don't, I don't even like being around addicts. I try to get away as soon as possible using addicts, right? Sure, but of course. Like, but when a guy who has cleaned himself up can sit there and tell me like old war stories, I think that there's nothing more entertaining. But But that said... I think that it's on all of us to kind of protect those guys who have cleaned themselves up because that's one of the most difficult things you can do. It is. And that's why I'm very grateful, man. Um, hey, Sam, uh, your Twitter is at not Sam. <laughs> is there a little gimmick in between the not no. and the Sam? No, it's 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 not Sam. It's just not Sam. Totally across the board on everything. How did it end up being not Sam? So when I was in college... Um, I wanted to start a website where I would just like, you know, write little funny things. And I was starting college radio, so I was going to put clips from my college radio show up on the website and do stuff like that. And I was like, ah, I want it to just be simple and I want it to just be about me because, you know, I put my name in everything. Yeah. Um, and so first I was like, samroberts.com has been taken forever. So I was like, well, let's just see if sam.com is taken. And it was, obviously. And then I was like, what's, what could I do that's not Sam.com? And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I kind of like the sound of that. And yeah. so I just like, not Sam.com. <laughs> and it was open. And I just started saying not Sam a bunch of times. And I was like, that's awesome. And so I registered the website. And then, I, and then every time anything's come out, I'm like, yep, I need that. I need that. I need that. And not Sam has just been, now it's, it's the, it's the it's the media brand now. So Sam Roberts is your is your uh, is your work name. What's your government name? <laughs> <laughs> Sam Roberts is my working and my shoot name. Come on, yes, get out of here. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Sam, and um, and uh, I hope to see you soon. And um, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, uh, Happy Holidays, and uh, and. Um, I'm not going to say the, the name of your baby, but give him a big kiss for me. Big hug. Uh, thank, thank you very much. And I appreciate you having having me on, man. This is uh, this is awesome. Thanks, yeah, thanks man. Sam. Good I night. appreciate all the advice and everything. Thanks, is that it? That was awesome. Yeah. All right. Hey, we might as well get out of here. Like, what's the uh, um, what do we? You know, well, the studio's closed next week, so we won't have a show. I don't think we might post a clip show, but that's still iffy. Uh, you, on New Year's Eve, will be at a wrestling show in Providence for XWA, uh, theofficialxwa.com, for more information about that you're hosting. I'm hosting the, the New Year's Eve bash. All right. Okay. Yeah. And then and on the tw on the 30th, the day before, I'll be in Chicago for AAW. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, 
And so he, I just, you know, thank you guys. Thank you thank for, you. you know, and, and Bill, who's not here right now, but was here earlier. Uh, very grateful uh, for, you know, all the hard work and, and that, that you put in. And it, I'm, you know, uh, it it's the one thing that, well, it's not the one thing, but it, it, uh, I really look forward to coming in here every Wednesday. And it's a, in huge part because of you. So thank you so thank much. You, thank this you. opportunity is amazing, and without you, none of us would be. Thanks. So. Thanks for bringing this Motley crew together. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love that. TK. Um, oh, do you want to do yours? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh sorry. Oh Jimbo, did you uh, do yours? Follow me yeah. on Twitter at Jimbo. <laughs> We're just passing it along like a hot potato. Anyways, you guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo and on YouTube Denise Salcedo. I'm about to hit 4,000 subscribers. Do a big celebration because of that. So make sure to check me out on YouTube, Denise Salcedo. Watch her no bending your arm water video. Oh, yeah. That was like at 50,000. Cool. Yay. <laughs> um, you can follow us uh, on After Buzz TV. Also on Twitter, The Real X-Pac. Uh, IG, X-Pac12360. Uh, you can go on our Facebook page, X-Pac12360 Show. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. You can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad. I do, I'm do. i still posting the top toy drives for Christmas. I'm running the marathon. Uh -huh. <laughs> running the marathon to help uh, build water pumps in Africa so you can go in my bio right up there to donate if you would like at TK Trinidad. Actually like do that. Go in and uh donate to if you want to do something to uh for me go uh, donate to, to TK's stuff cuz I was just bullshitting when I said that she's taking those toys and giving them to her nephews and nieces. So, Except for that rock one. Yeah, well yeah. this one's this one's one. all mine. Thanks yeah. Jimbo. Well, hey um I, I just want to thank everyone else that 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 listens and tunes in every every week to this, and uh, and we will see you again in the new Next year, year. Yeah. and it's going to be a great new year. The awesome. show's going to be even better. Excellent. All right, bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac, and email us at xpac12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!